of our problems. When we have Jesus Christ who laid his life down for us to die for us and give us peace and comfort from each and every situation that might lead us into anxiousness, that might lead us into fear, that might lead us into worries. Amen. So I just want us to take away from that, that many of us feel as if we go through these situations alone. And that's not the way it has to be for us. Especially as Christians, we have an advocate that came for us and laid his life down for us that we shall not worry about any situation we go through because Jesus paid the price for all of us. Amen. So one individual in the Bible that definitely probably faced a lot of anxiety, a lot of stress, a lot of fear sometimes and worry in his life is the character Job. We all know the story of Job very well, right? It's a very popular story. And the story of Job highlights immense suffering and loss. As we know, Job loses his wealth, he loses his health, and loved ones around him. This can be seen as a metaphor for the sudden and overwhelming nature of anxiety and worry, which often leaves a person feeling as if they've lost everything. Job goes through periods of isolation as his friends fail to understand his isolation. Many people that are facing with anxiety and worry might feel isolated from the world. They might feel isolated from their friends. They might believe that no individual can understand what they're going through. But I want us to look at what Job does. Job questions his faith and the meaning of his suffering. Anxiety often leads us to question, why me? It always seems as if it's me. Why does bad things only happen to me? You might see your friends who might not even be in the faith, and only good things are happening to them. But you, who have been serving God most of your life, seems as if you always get the short end of the stick. Job searches for answers to his suffering. And then, God answers Job through divine perspective by showing his majesty. God reminds Job of his immense power and wisdom, emphasizing his authority over the world and the difference between God's understanding and human understanding. There are some situations that we go through that we may just not understand why. And I don't want us to go too far questioning why, why, why. But I want us to run to God and understand that his understanding, his perspective may be different than ours. But we must trust and never lose the faith that God is there to sustain us and hold us through every situation that may lead to worry, every situation that might lead to cause fear, every situation that might lead to anxiety. Amen. God's response encourages Job to recognize the limitation of human knowledge and understanding. Although God may not provide a direct answer to Job's question about suffering, God restores Job's health, wealth, and family's blessings even with even greater prosperity than before. This shows how God can ultimately bring restoration to a period of suffering and question. Hallelujah. And I just want somebody, I just want us to understand that through Job's questioning and his battle with God, he is then led to pray for the same friends that were, that didn't understand what he was going through. And it makes, it makes me think like, wow, what a man of character a man that went through so much, that has so much, had it taken away from him. Obviously, this would be a situation that would bring some worry. I know I would be worried, very much worried, you know. If I had everything and it was taken away from me, my family was taken away from me, my wealth was taken away from me, my health was taken away from me, 
I would be very anxious. I'm not going to lie. But Job still finds through his faith and trust in God's plan that he's able to even pray for the same individuals who weren't there for them. So I just want us to understand that we can look at the life of Job and parallel it through us. That even when we're going through tough times, let us not lose that faith that we have to still be able to pray for other people. Amen. And we see through Job's prayer, that is when he received his blessings twofold than what he had before. Amen. So now let's look at what Jesus says about worrying. And for this, we're going to go to Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 to 34. Matthew 6, 25 to 34. And I'm reading from the NIV. Matthew 6, 25 to 34. And the Bible says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body. What you will wear is not life more than food and the body more than clothes. Look at the birds in the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than them? Ask yourself that question. Are we not much more valuable than the birds in the sky? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Verse 28. And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow it is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first the kingdom and its righteousness, and all these things will be given unto you as well. Amen. Therefore, do not worry. Therefore, do not worry. God isn't saying worry sometimes. God isn't saying worry on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. God is telling us, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Amen. And that is a very powerful scripture here. Uh, we live in a society where obviously we need many of these things that Jesus is telling us not to worry about. And Truly, I don't believe Jesus is telling us not to worry about having clothes because obviously we need clothes and we need food to survive and things. But worry is different than concern. I believe we should be concerned about these things. But we shouldn't let our concern go into a level of worry where we let these things engulf us and take us over. And that's the only thing we can think about. Now we are led to question God. We're led away from our faith. We're led away from trusting in what Jesus says. Let us refer to Matthew 6.25 whenever we are going through anxious periods of life. How am I going to pay for my rent? How am I going to pay for school fees? What is going on with my marriage? What is going on with my relationship? Let us turn to the book of God and see what God says about worrying and put all of our faith in God this morning. Amen. Because of the ill effects of worry, Jesus tells us not to worry about those needs that God promises to supply. Worry may first damage your health. I bet, I, can, I bet we all agree that worrying a lot isn't good for our health. It puts us under stress, and we start to age 
faster than we should. We start to grow gray hairs faster than we should and things like that. So worry may first damage our health. Number two, worry may cause the object of your worry to consume your thoughts. Three, worry may disrupt your productivity. And this is a very, very big point here that I know when I'm going through an anxious period of time, I often tend to flee away from things. And I tend to procrastinate in situations where I should be getting things done. And I believe this is what this point is speaking about. When you're worried, it just brings you into a less productive state that you don't even want to get things done because you're avoiding the situation at hand. But it's my prayer this morning that we all remain in our faith, that we will not be disrupted in any way that we have because Jesus Christ is there for us to take each and every worry from our hearts. Amen? Four, worry negatively affects the way you treat others. I believe in that very much so, too. Um, you also, we often feel like we have a lot on our plate, too much on our plate to worry about helping other people. But look, Job was a man that can easily have not been there to help his friends. He had a lot to worry about. He had a lot of anxiety on his heart. He had a lot of things to fear. But still, the Bible says that Job was able to pray for those individuals. And we see through his prayer that he received his blessing again. Amen. Five, worry reduces your ability to trust in God. And I believe that is the most important part there. As we said, we often put, there's no I in team, but there's an I in anxiety, right? And we see that. And we often try to face our anxious feelings. We often try to face our feelings of fear. And we try to stand in the gap ourselves. But God is speaking to me to the church to tell you that Jesus is there to stand in the gap for us in every anxious situation we go through and every situation where it arises worrisome. God wants us to remind us to have our faith in him and trust in him that he will be there for each and every one of us. Amen. Can we turn our Bibles to Matthew eleven twenty-eight through 30? And the Bible reads, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. Jesus doesn't say, come to me, some of you who are weary and burdened. Jesus Christ doesn't say, come to me, 10 of you who are wearied or burdened. He says, come to me, all you who are wearied and burdened, and I will give you rest. Amen. That is the promise right there. Jesus Christ doesn't say, come to me, who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you more weariness and burden. No. He says, come to me, and I will give you rest. Verse 29, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. You will find rest for your souls. Amen. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Hallelujah. If we believe that, can we just give a clap offering onto Jesus this morning? It's a very, very powerful scripture, and it's something that me, if you can't tell, I'm subjected to anxiety as well. I, there's situations that make me anxious. As cool as I may seem and as calm as I may play it off, trust me, I still feel anxious. I was even anxious to preach today, this, this morning. But last night, I met God in my room, and I prayed, and I prayed, and I gave it all up to Jesus. So thank you. Thank you, God. Jesus frees us from all burdens, fears, and anxiety. The rest that Jesus promises us is love, healing, and peace with God. A relationship with God changes meaningless 
wearisome toil into spiritual productivity and purpose. Amen. So flipping sides, let's see what Paul says about feeling anxious. And this scripture emphasizes the power of prayer and surrender. So for that, we're going to look at Philippians 4, 6 through 7. Philippians 4, 6 through 7. And the Bible reads, do not be anxious about anything, lest anything, amen. Do not be anxious about something, no. Do not be anxious about one thing, no. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by what? Prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God, amen. Verse 7, and the peace of God which transcends some understanding, all understanding, Amen. And the, with peace, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. This is a Bible verse that I feel we should all run to whenever we are going through hard situations. Situation. Like I said, uh, we have either two choices, to either flee or respond to what situation is breeding this anxiety. And my main overarching theme for this message is that we should trust in God and not ourselves. So when we are in those situations where either we have to flee or we have to come to that situation, we should go with it with these verses. Philippians 4, 6 through 7 teaches us so much that we have to be there to trust on God and not be anxious in any situation that we come through. But we should go through those situations with prayer, petition, and thanksgiving and present our requests to God. Amen. Can, any, can anyone here imagine never being anxious about anything? I know it sounds good. It seems like an impossibility, right? We all have worries. Some worries are on the job, in our homes, and at schools. But Paul's advice is to turn your worries into prayers. Hallelujah. Whenever you start to worry, that is the time we should stop, drop, and pray. Amen. It sounds like we're on fire, right? They say stop, drop, and roll, but this morning I want us all to stop, drop, and pray. Amen? God's peace is different from the world's peace. True peace is not found through positive thinking, in absence of conflict, or in good feelings. It, true peace only comes from knowing that God is in control. If you haven't already, you should start to let God's peace guard your heart from anxiety. Amen? Philippians 4 also gives us practical steps for overcoming anxiety. But you must see your anxiety through a spiritual lens. The enemy wants to fill our mind with worry. But God says to take our thoughts captive, making them obedient to the truth. We should ask him this morning to fill our minds. Amen. Another Bible verse we can look at is 1 Peter 5-7. through Or 1 Peter 5-7, sorry. And the Bible reads, cast all. I love it saying all. It's not leaving anything out. Cast some. No. Cast one. No. Cast 100. No. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. If we believe Jesus cares for you this morning, let me see by a wave offering unto Jesus. Amen. Amen. That's each and every one of us. And indeed, I'm here to proclaim that Jesus very much cares for each and every one of us. That is why he came and he laid his life down for us. Amen. Carrying your worries, stress, and daily struggles by yourself may show that you have not fully trusted God with your life. 
Letting God have your anxieties calls for action, not passivity. Don't submit to the circumstances, but to the Lord who controls all circumstances. Amen. And this is something that I even had to learn in my Christian faith, getting closer with God. I, too, was one person that believed that I was the person that can solve all my anxieties. But quickly, I humbly learned that there are some situations that are just above me and my capabilities. And this didn't lead me to go farther away from God. This didn't lead me to question God. It led me closer and closer to God and understanding that God is the only factor in this life that can carry me through situations that breed anxiety and worries. Amen. So now we'll talk about some ways as a Christian we can overcome anxiety, fear, and worries through faith. My first point is, as a Christian, don't fight or wrestle with your fears. Hand them over to Jesus moment by moment. Amen? We should take this opportunity to challenge ourselves to grow deeper in our faith. There are some situations we go through that, like I said, it's only the power of Jesus Christ that can get us through those situations. That shouldn't be a situation where we flee from Jesus, but it should be a situation that we flee to Jesus. Amen? We all become fearful and anxious at times. I know. I'm not sitting here passing judgment on anybody. I'm not sitting here acting like I'm the perfect example of somebody that doesn't feel anxious or doesn't go through worry in my life. We all go through those things, and they're natural things to go through. But how we respond to them is the most important thing because we know anxiety, as we said, anxiety can, one, damage our health. Anxiety can cause the object of our worry to consume our thoughts. Anxiety can disrupt our productivity, negatively affect the way we treat others, and reduce our ability to trust in God. Number two, prayer. And I believe this is the most important part when we are going through stressful situations, when we have a lot on our plate, and we just don't understand why me, why this is happening where this is going, what's God's plan in this. That is a time we should bring it up to Jesus in prayer. When you are anxious, we must pray and ask. The enemy wants to cripple us in prayer, so we'll give up and stop asking. How often do you get distracted in prayer and think, what's the point of even praying? I can't even think clearly. God wants you to ask him into this place. In those times where our minds are so scrambled, with what's going on in our life, in those times when our minds are so scrambled with what's going on in our health, when our finances, in our relationships, what's going on at the job site, God wants us to supplement him in those times. Amen? And we can do that through prayer. Hallelujah. Supplication simply means to ask earnestly and humbly. God wants each and every one of us to talk to him about our thoughts and ask, invite him into the process of overcoming fear, anxiety, and worry. Hallelujah. We should tell him each and every struggle because he already knows what we're struggling with. So it's not like we're keeping anything hidden away from God. Hallelujah. So it is my prayer this morning that whenever any individual here in this church is going through a stressful situation, that is the time that we will be here to run into the arms of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. And third, we should give thanksgiving. Thanksgiving introduces a new action and reiterates the last action in the verse we read from Paul. 
We should be thankful and ask for what we need. Anxiety often wants us to think about all that is wrong and what we don't have. Thanksgiving invites us to focus on all that is right and what we do have. And I think this is a very important part, a very important thing that ties this whole theme together that often anxiety is bred from looking at other people's circumstances. We tend to focus on other people's plate of food and we tend to neglect what God has given us on our own plate. And I just want each and every one of us to know that we should be thankful in every situation and every season that we go through because there are still things for us to be thankful for. I know it's easy to look left and right and see what's going on in this person's life and see what's going on in that person's life, but God wants you to focus on what is going on in your life and submit to him in prayer and submit to him with your faith and submit to him in thanksgiving. Hallelujah. So now somebody might be asking, now what? I've been a Christian. I've been dealing with anxiety, and I'm learning how to um, substitute God in my place for anxiety. But now what? God knows the enemy is prowling around like a lion looking to devour. This is why God t- God's word tells you to fill up the recesses of your mind after they've been cleared out. So first, after now what, we should learn to trust in the Lord. And for that, we're going to go to Proverbs 3, verses 5 through 6. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. And I'm reading from the NIV version again. The Bible reads, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. Verse 6. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your paths straight. Hallelujah. Amen. Leaning on your own understanding will only lead to further worry. But trusting in the Lord will deliver us from all anxiety. Trusting in the Lord will deliver us from all fear. Trusting in the Lord will deliver us from all worries. Sometimes we need to trust less in ourselves. And more into the Lord. If you believe this, let me hear it by amen. Amen. We believe that trusting, that by trusting the Lord, he will indeed make our paths straight. Hallelujah. The Lord is able to take care of those things that we worry about, that we have no control over. You see, worrying is depending on the wrong person to take care of life's problems. I want us to understand that not only is God faithful, but he is trustworthy. He does not ask us to place our trust into someone or something that is not capable of proven. I believe that we have countless examples in the scripture and from life experience that validate God's trustworthiness. He will never fail us. Can we repeat that after me? He will never fail us. He is dependable. Amen. So now we can look at we should learn to seek first the kingdom of God. So here, another way to let go of worry is to spend our time and energy doing something else. And that something else can be seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Hallelujah. And why does God say that? Seek first the kingdom of God and what shall be added unto you? All things. Okay. So does this all things 
avoid anxiety and worry and fear. No, it encompasses each and everything that we are there for. It encompasses each and everything that God has promised us. And God did not promise us a life of worry. God did not promise us a life of fear. God did not promise us a life of anxiety. But first, we must seek him and find him to combat those anxious situations. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. And for that, I'm going to go back to Matthew 6, 31 through 33. And thir verse 31 reads, So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Amen. Amen. I personally believe Jesus mentions some legitimate concerns. It's natural to be concerned about where you're going to get your next meal. If you have nothing to provide, clothes, and you can't afford them, that's natural to be concerned about. And like we said, there's a difference between being concerned and then letting your worries consume you. Amen? But Jesus suggests that his followers not worry about those things, but rather seek to the best of their ability to serve God. We need to learn to put first the things of God. We cannot seek first the kingdom when we are filled with worry. But if instead we do our best and do to the Lord, then do the Lord's work, we will not need to worry. Amen? Because God will take care of each and every need we have. Amen? If we are here to let go of worry, we must learn, we must learn to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then we can trust the promise of God, that all these things shall be added unto us. Amen. My next point is, now what? We should learn to pray about our anxieties. Not only is prayer a means to communicate with God, it is also a venue by which we can relive our worries and our anxieties. Prayer is presented by Paul as an alternative to worry and anxiety. Philippians 4, Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 7. And the Bible reads, rejoice in the Lord always. Rejoice in the Lord sometimes. Rejoice in the Lord on Wednesday. Rejoice in the Lord on Sunday. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about some things. Do not be anxious about your health. Do not be anxious about your wealth. Do not be anxious about your life. Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. Rather than being anxious about anything, we are challenged to present our burdens to the Lord. He then promises that we will no longer be filled with distress and anxiety, but we will be filled with the peace that transcends all understanding. Hallelujah. It almost sounds silly that we, to state that all we have to do is be present 
All we have to do is present our request before the Lord, and our anxiety will be removed, and we will be filled with peace. But I'm telling you, this is truthful, and I've gone through it myself. Going through school, my undergrad, it wasn't easy. There's sometimes 15-page essays. There's presentations that we have to do. I don't like public speaking. I don't like standing in front of people. These are things that breed a lot of anxiety in myself. But these were times that I learned to go through God. It might seem simple. It might not seem like that big of an issue. And I know there's some individuals that may be going through bigger issues than the examples that I'm giving. I'm only 26. I still like to think I'm very young, you know, and I don't really have a lot on my plate. You know what I'm saying? Things I'm still relying on my mom to do a lot of things. You know what I mean? I won't lie. I'm, I'm keeping it truthful here, you know, but I, I want to stand here and sympathize and just give encouragement to those individuals that seem, that may seem as if they have a lot on their plate, that may seem that they don't, un they don't understand why so-and-so is happening to them, why all these hardships of life is coming. I'm just here to encourage you. And the Lord was telling me last night to tell the church to remain in the faith in Jesus Christ. Amen. When we pray, hallelujah. When we pray, we are asking the one who is capable of doing something to act. We understand that there are many worries that we have that are out of our control, but they're not out of God's control. Amen. We have absolutely no right to complain about the way things are if we aren't praying about those things. Hallelujah. Let's think about the times that we worried on a regular basis and then think, are we praying on a regular basis? Especially praying and bringing forth those things to Jesus Christ. Let's now substitute, instead of sitting around and maybe stressing and feeling, whoa, whoa, who is me? and worrying about certain things in our life and how they're going to work out for us, let's substitute those times to meet the Lord in prayer. Amen. Amen. Indeed, what now? We can learn to turn things over to the Lord. The good news today is that we have someone to take our worries and care for us. Not only is he capable of working out the problems that we worry about, but he asks us to lay his burdens, anxieties, and fears upon him. Amen. And for that, we're going to go to 1 Peter 5-7. through 7. And I'm going to be wrapping up my message very shortly. But this is the last scripture reading we have for today's message. 1 Peter 5-7. through 7. Cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for Evelyn, he cares for Poseidon Elder, he cares for Elder Oting, he cares for Kobe, he cares for you. Let's put our hands on our chest and say, the Lord cares for me. Amen. What an offer that is. We know the weight of anxiety, don't we? When we are filled with worry and anxiety, we can feel a physical, emotional, and spiritual drag upon us. Could you imagine taking on other people's worries and anxieties? How much it's going to weigh down on us? Like I said, we might feel like we have enough on our own plate. Imagine taking on each and every individual here, the bills, their health, their life problems, things that are going on in their life. Imagine taking on their anxieties too. I couldn't imagine this because honestly, I feel like I do have enough to worry on my own. 
However, God invites each and every one of us to turn things over to him. He invites us to stop worrying and cast those cares upon him. If you believe this, just put your hands together this morning. Amen. So this message is here as a message of encouragement to the church. I know worry, I know fear, I know anxiety will come. And as Christians, we're not promised that they won't come. But the Bible gives us a plethora of ways to combat those anxieties. If we were fighting those anxieties on ourselves before, after this Sunday, let us keep it in our mind, keep it fresh in our mind that we have somebody that has come before us to fight each and every battle that leads to anxiety, that leads to fear, that leads to worry before us. Amen. I'm speaking to all those who feel as if they are Job, that feel as if they're losing more than they're gaining. I'm praying this morning that we remain faithful to God. We remember his promise and what he said to us, and we keep it near and dear to our hearts. Amen? And then I just want us to remember, anxiety tends to have I at the center of it. I want us to substitute that I with Jesus from here on and forever. Amen. I just, I'm just here encouraging, just, just wanted to reiterate this point of encouragement that when the going gets tough, we don't run away from Jesus, but when the going gets tough, that's a situation where we have to place all of our trust into Jesus. And I'm telling you here, surely this morning, he will come through for us. Shall we all be on our feet this morning? There is a redeemer, Jesus,
This morning, we're just going to enter into a short time of prayer. And I have three prayer topics that I want the whole church to pray about. First, we're going to pray and thank God for his love. Thank God for his faithfulness. Thank God for his mercies that carries us through every situation. That may breed anxiety. That carries us through every situation. That may breed fear. That carries us through every situation. That may lead us to worry. At this time, let us begin to pray and thank God for his faithfulness, his grace, and his mercies. Amen. Thank you, O Lord, that we can trust and rely on you. Thank you, That you, O God, are a strong tower. Away from. We say 